Welcome in to another new AMP podcast. I'm your host, Ben DuBose, and I'm the news editor for the AMP Publications team, where I create content for both Codings Pro Magazine and Materials Performance Magazine. Today, we're chatting with Dave Evans, the newly named Director of Business Development at AMP, and we're going to be discussing AMP's new Industrial Coding Application Training Program, which was just released within the last few weeks. Dave, good afternoon. Thanks for taking the time to join us. How are you? I'm very well, Ben. Thank you very, very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. And as far as today's discussion, we're going to be talking about ICA as it's known for short. And it was designed to be effectively a flexible and comprehensive solution to help train industrial sprayers and abrasive blasters. The goal is to attract and train both those people who are new to the workforce, as well as provide useful training to experienced individuals who are trying to gain industry-recognized credentials. The ICA training program was designed to be adaptable, all while ensuring a training experience that suits the needs of its many participants. Through engaging formats, including hands-on workshops and instructional videos, attendees can gain practical skills and knowledge in a dynamic learning environment. Dave played a key role in the development and rollout of ICA over the past few months and years, and so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Dave, to start off, why don't you just introduce yourself a bit to our audience? Tell us a little bit about your history within AMP and the legacy associations, as well as what your new role is today. Thanks, Ben. Um, my history with AMP and formerly NACE and also Legacy SSPC is been a member since the mid-80s, an instructor for AMP and also for SSPC, but with NACE since the mid-1980s. And today, uh, I was uh, my position changed to be the Director of Business Development, as Ben explained, and then prior to that was the Director of the QP program. I come out of the coatings industry, having worked for a couple of um, major global uh, industrial coating manufacturers and also as a contractor earlier in my career. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to underscore your history in the coatings market, because to me, what's so useful about you in this role is that you come at it from multiple perspectives. Obviously, you have your history within the associations and what you're doing for AMP today, but you also come at it from the perspective of someone that's worked in the coatings industry. How useful is that to have a level of industry expertise out in the field when you're trying to develop this now in your new role at AMP? It's tremendously important. The experience is really the thing that helps me in the field and helps uh, set, a, set us apart a little bit. Mm. Insofar as is that when you take a look at what ICA is, has been developed for, mm -hmm. which is typically the industrial painting contractor, having the experience of understanding the challenges that they face every day and how ICA can help them uh, really makes a difference to have the experience from not only from the coatings company's technical perspective, but also from the contracting end, being able to realize mm -hmm. the challenges and the and also the opportunities that are, that are there for AMP and also for a program like ICA. So in terms of ICA at its root element, what are the really important things here? about the program relative to what's been available in the past? Well, I'll tell you, Ben, that's a great question. Uh, ICA, I think, is a home run for the industry insofar as that it creates a whole new level of flexibility for the contractor. The program's customizable. 
uh, you know, and it's tremendously schedule friendly. I mean, the contractor can uh, teach the course themselves with their own personnel in their shop or, you know, out on a job site if they want mm -hmm. to. It's modularized so they can have, use one little part of it per week or they can link them together and uh, make it a, a full week class or mm -hmm. over whatever their schedule uh, will allow. So I think it sets a, a brand new template for craft worker education for yep. AMP globally. Historically, what were some of the limitations of the more traditional education programs, be it either within AMP or the legacy organizations? Obviously, with this, you're trying to update it for the 2020s and beyond. What were the focal points that you were trying to address when trying to make this relevant, not just to you know, past audiences and what trends were 10, 20, 30 years ago, but making sure that it's relevant to what people need now in 2023 and as we head into 2024. Perfect. Exactly. Well, the, the difficulties with legacy classes, whether they're from mm -hmm. a legacy organization or or uh, legacy NACE in the days or legacy SSBC or as some of AMP's classes today, uh, is the fact that you've got them in a fixed location. Mm. Typically, schedules aren't flexible, right. and you've got minimum class sizes, and you also, from the contractor's perspective, you know, with the lack of availability of craft workers, taking somebody out of the field to send them to a week-long class at uh, a distant location is not only expensive monetarily, but from a schedule standpoint, you know, it, it really can put a project behind if you're sending multiple people to a single class or something like that. Mm -hmm. ICA's flexibility with all of the things that we've discussed before really helps redefine that uh, parameter where the contractor has complete flexibility mm -hmm. and also uh, complete control over scheduling, modularization, how the class is taught, and hopefully this sets a tone for development in the future. Mm -hmm. So how long was all this in the works? Just walk us through a little bit about what the development process was like for this, because I'm assuming we're talking months, years. To launch something of this magnitude takes a while. So walk us through what the development process was like. Well, the important thing here, Ben, as you know, is to make sure that you're putting the best uh, course that you can out in the marketplace. And development takes a long time, four to five years as uh, a basis and sometimes longer. Typically, you know, you're thinking about, well, where did the idea come from? Typically, the idea comes from our membership, mm -hmm. you know, that there's, and then it flows through uh, AMP has education committees. It flows up to an education committee where a single member can influence the mm -hmm. committee. The committee chairman uh, probably assigns it to a task group that does further investigation to develop or to determine is a better mm -hmm. word whether the idea really does have a fit in the marketplace, yes. and ICA did. Then it goes from education, uh, the education committee's task force, the committee votes on it, they decide to move it to the development group within AMP, and they begin the writing process. Mm -hmm. But that's not the end of the members' involvement. At that point, you know, education, uh, the educational group, writers group, excuse me, develops a class, but all along the way, they have uh, the content checked by SMEs, subject matter experts. And those subject matter experts, for the most part, are members of the organization. Mm -hmm. And every, you know, all of that is fact checked. 
making sure that not only is the information correct, mm -hmm. but that you're using the most current av available information that is in the industry today. After that's done, everybody's happy. It's all been signed off and you've got a package put together. Then there's a, a pilot program where we actually go and teach the classes in front of groups mm -hmm. of students. And we look for their feedback as to what did they think of the class? Was the information relevant? Was it helpful? All of those, there's a whole bunch of different parameters that, uh, you know, again, there's a set of checks and balances when it gets through the pilot stage. The class is uh, launched as ICA has been. So it takes quite a while. Yeah, I think, well, just from the standpoint of AMP leadership, this actually encompasses both uh, Bob Chalker, former CEO, and now Alan Thomas, current CEO. We're talking multiple years here. So in terms of the leadership perspective, just within AMP, we're talking basically two administrations, right? You're exactly right. This one has bridged two administrations and, you know, hopefully... As we discussed a little bit earlier, this sets a, a real good framework or use the word template for basic craft worker mm -hmm. education classes in yep. the future. Yep. And, you know, uh, and it's accomplishing exactly what, you know, it, its initial intention was. And what Alan Thomas has outlined as an objective of AMP is to make sure that we're working very, very closely with our members that we're easier to deal with yep. and that. We have the ability to actually, uh, you know, um, act globally and deliver yep. products on a local basis. And ICA yep. does all of that. Yeah. And while we can point out, and rightfully so, that this bridges to administrations, and I think that can only be a good thing because you're incorporating more perspectives, more feedback. At the end of the day, what matters most is those members, as you've referenced a few times. You touched on earlier their role in the process. Just generally speaking, how does this reflect what they want and need from a membership perspective? So far, you know, uh, Ben, the, the feedback's been very, very positive. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, with any program, when you have a new course launch, you're going to have some tweaks and little bumps and things that need to be corrected and those kinds of things, which happens with every course. But overall, the feedback has been tremendously positive. But what's really unique with ICA is where some of the feedbacks come from. Traditionally, for a, for a course that's targeted at craft workers and contractors uh, for their educational needs, you'd expect feedback from them. But we're also getting feedback from trade schools and from junior colleges that also recognize that there's a need for craft worker training globally and they're saying to ICA, can we use this as part of our mm -hmm. curriculum or do we have to go out and develop our own? And of course, the answer is they can incorporate this into our mm -hmm. curriculum. And we work very, very closely with them to help make sure we can. So there's a really there's some really cool places that feedback's coming from that aren't traditional AMP avenues that we're, we're getting a lot of positive feedback from. Yeah. And the members participate in every step of the way as SMEs. So this really reflects what they wanted throughout this process, right? Exactly. But that, that feedback doesn't stop. You sure. know, we were the SMEs are your customers. And, okay. you know, you, as this is launched to a group of contractors, we still solicit mm -hmm. feedback from the contractors, from the craft workers themselves. 
and say, okay, what do you like? What don't you like? What do we need to improve? Those kinds of things on a continuous basis. Yep. That's a great point because just as there's several steps in the development, when we talk about, I suppose, the initial brainstorming, then the pilot program, and then actually getting it to the launch date in early October of 2023, there's also a continuing process as we move forward with making sure that the courses and the instructors, that everything is going and the, the instruction materials as well, and that's being delivered in the right way. I think there's always, well, there should be a checks and balances system to make sure that you know members have a way to communicate to you guys about how it's going. And it sounds like it sounds like pretty much that's what's happening, right? That's exactly the intent and exactly what's happening. You know, the yep. continuous feedback model not only helps you tweak the course that you have, but it also gives you ideas for future courses that you could develop down the road to help yep. craft workers and contractors with their training needs. Yep. Bottom line, we want to make sure that the finished product actually is what it was intended to be when it was initially thought of all those years ago, as you were describing earlier. Yeah. I also you don't want, want a product. Yeah, you don't want a product that doesn't fit in the marketplace. Right. And you want to make sure that it's actually going as intended, because obviously when you develop something on paper, sometimes it doesn't translate in reality as well as you would think. It sounds like to this point it has. We'll talk more about that in a few minutes as far as things that you've heard in the last few weeks since the launch. Obviously, that's still to be determined. You want that continuous feedback. So we'll see how things hold up in the months ahead. But so far, <laughs> so good is everything that uh, I've heard to date. I also want to touch on why this is so important to AMP's mission, because one thing that I can speak to from personal experience, when the merger between NACE International and SSPC, the Society for Protective Coatings, first happened in early 2021, one of the big questions that I got, and especially as someone that works for Coatings Pro, was whether the larger organization will still represent the contractors and applicators, because that's something that was really SSPC's niche. And there was a little bit of hesitation, at least from those that I spoke to in the very early stages of the merger, there was fear from some that perhaps the larger organization won't speak to them in a way that a smaller, more customized niche organization might. And so with something like ICA, this is a direct need for that specific market. So just speaking to someone that got a lot of those questions early on in the merger process, to have an industrial coding application process, again, specific for application, that really addresses that need and perhaps calms some of those fears that were present during the merging process. So from my perspective, this seems like it should help a lot. From yours, Dave, why is this so vital and important within AMP's overall mission and perhaps addressing some of those questions? Well, Ben, I couldn't agree with you more. There, there was a tremendous number of comments that centered around, will we lose our voice? And especially out of the contractor audience. Right. Today, you still hear those. You know, and and the, the question is, is AMP listening? The idea here is, and the thing that I think ICA really brings to the forefront is that AMP is listening. And, you know, we, we've conducted forums. We've called on a lot of contractors personally and saying, what do you need in a training course? And all of the, the flexibility that's built into ICA with schedules and delivery methods and everything else, 
came out of those forums, you know, from listening to what contractors want. And it wasn't another fixed class in a faraway place that uh, wasn't flexible. It was exactly the opposite of that. So hopefully, and this certainly won't be the end of this, is that there's a, that they see that we are listening and we, we do care about what they say and that they truly have a huge voice in the direction of where education goes, how we develop classes, but in the overall path of how AMP proceeds in the future. Mm -hmm. So I peel back the curtain. Within AMP, one of the things we've heard a lot in the first few months of the new Alan Thomas administration is this idea of global reach, but local delivery. We actually had a staff summit in late September, and that was one of the common talking points that was reiterated time after time as far as what AMP is trying to do and its offerings moving forward. You mentioned a little bit earlier about the nuts and bolts of the program and ways in which it's different from being or from offerings in the past. Just walk our audience through what the logistics process of this is actually like. How much is virtual? How much is in person in certain markets? Just peel back the curtain on the nuts and bolts of this program and how it physically works. Well, idealistically, the, the contractor has two choices. You can have uh, uh, the ICA program that they actually can instruct with their own mm -hmm. personnel in their shop whenever they decide that they want to. It's based on their schedule. There's also an instructor-led version, too. So, but the idea is, is that um, through talking to our members and our contractors is that there was this tremendous need for something that could be taught at the grassroots level anywhere globally at any time. Uh, so it wasn't so much that you'd have a virtual class that they'd have people up at three o'clock in the morning sitting and listening to Zoom or Teams right. or something to an instructor in some other part of the world. It was more that, okay, our schedule is they work from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m., and we want to conduct the class from 4 o'clock till 10 o'clock, three times a week. Hmm. They have the virtual, they have the literal flexibility to do that kind of stuff wherever you want. Uh, you can take one module of it and, you know, have a, a, a meeting at the back of a pickup truck on a Monday morning before you hit the job site to review the basic principles of abrasive blast cleaning, if you want. Those are things you can't do with a, a fixed class. It's just impossible. So literally, the contractor has complete flexibility as to how they want to structure the class, when they want to do it, who teaches it, and how many students they want to have in a class, which can, can be a problem with a fixed class. And... Um, you know, it really gives them a lot of options to say, we're here to support you What, from an AMP perspective. What do you need us to do? But you're really driving the bus here. It's not us. So works very, very well. In terms of markets, this is basically anything within industrial coatings, correct? I, I'm assuming that this can fit a lot of different in markets out in the field. When you take a look at painting steel, that's where this focuses. It really does. But, you know, it can be it can be in a contractor's uh, fixed shop if they're a steel fabricator that's doing bridge work. It can be in a shipyard. It can be in a pipe shop. It can be anywhere. 
as I said, literally, it can be out on a job site if you've got the capabilities to teach it out there. So really, the it it crosses multiple markets, mm-hmm. you know, and it applies just about anywhere, depending on if it's uh, and in any part of the world, it, it works. It really does. So we're recording this in November, and that means ICA has been out for a few weeks since it was released in early October. What's the feedback that you've gotten ever since the actual launch? You mentioned earlier the continuous feedback model, and that's important to AMP moving forward. Just let us know what you've heard now that the program is actually in progress and some people are actually starting to take these classes in this curriculum. Well, you, you hear feedback from the people that are teaching the class, contractors themselves, about answer some common FAQs, frequently asked questions. Yeah. And I know we, we our website also has answers to those, but you, you do get some questions. And then you get questions from the students also. But, you know, the questions from the uh, people that are putting on the classes, you know, can we teach it ourselves? Do we have to have any kind of uh, instructor training from you? Is there an instructor-led version in case we don't want to do it ourselves? Uh, do we schedule everything ourselves or is there something that we have to do to conform to whatever AMP wants? There's a lot of questions about cost. Is it a subscription-based program? Those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, uh, that's about it. The majority of the questions we get have been very, very positive. Have you heard from, let's think trade schools, community colleges, those types of entities, because just thinking out loud, but it would seem that this could mesh very well when we talk about training, you know, not just at a company or individual level, but when we're talking broader education as well. Is that something that perhaps you're looking into? Absolutely. It's a, and we're working with two or three of them right now. And the thing that's okay. important here is, is that schools uh, have the ability to receive grant money from any one of a number of locations. And there's a lot of them. So there's money out there for training craft workers. The hardest part is putting together the curriculum when you know nothing about the business. And I mean that with the utmost respect, but you, you don't find a lot of, of uh, trade schools that know a lot about abrasive glass cleaning or painting because they just don't spend any time with it. But right now the demand is huge. So the the questions that come out of trade schools and colleges center around number one, can we use this as part of your as our of our curriculum because that saves them a ton of time. The second thing is is will you pri- provide instructors or will you train our instructors and mm-hmm. we'll work with them on any level of basis to make sure that that gets done. And um, I I think that it's the trade schools and community colleges that are focused in the trades while the money is available from the, and the demand is so high, is a great target audience yeah. for me. It really is. And the pricing is competitive, right? I, I know there's some variance and whatnot, but from everything that I've read and heard, it seems like this is pretty competitive with other programs on the market. AMP has done a very, very good job of putting themselves in a very competitive mode with a great program that offers tremendous flexibility for the contractor. It's it's very, very good. So as we wind down our discussion, are there any lessons from the development of this that might can be applied to other education or training programs for AMP, be it now or in the future? Because obviously, think- while 
Well, well, ICA is important. It's not the only market. Are there themes that that you can take from the development of this? You know, for example, you've talked about working with members several times that might potentially shape what the future of AMP education and training looks like. Sure. I think, as we discussed a little bit earlier, um, I, number one, there's a tremendous demand, not only in the U.S. or North America, for craft workers, but that demand is global at this mm. point. ICA is a very great, a very, very good program and has, does a great job of fitting, fitting in globally, especially when you're teaching it with local instructors, with local contractors. That works well. But there's other areas that we've kind of touched on that this could be the template for development of other mm. types of craft worker training, meaning things like, uh, you know, anything that does with applying, uh, that uh, deals with applying coatings to substrates like concrete, completely different than steel. Mm. And uh, everything from surface preparation to coating application is very, very different. Well, you use the same modularized subscription-based program setting that the contractor can teach, and it works very well. Powder coatings, floor coatings, specialized applications where you're actually training the craft worker, uh, this works very well. Yeah. And even if they, it doesn't require certification, you know, there's different models. Maybe it's a micro-credential or something like that where you can have exactly in-shop right. training. Gotcha. You're, in, you're exactly right. You know, some owners require a certificate of completion. Others require a micro-credential. All of those are very, very easy, easily accomplished with this type of uh, setup. Hmm. All right. One more question before we wrap up. You do have a new role now with AMP, officially titled Director of Business Development, correct? Yes, sir. So what does that mean as far as your personal job? its scope, and what you might be doing moving forward. Are there projects that you expect to touch on and potentially lend your expertise to moving forward? Well, our objective here is to be of more value to our customer base, our membership. And part of business development is developing opportunities for them. So, you know, you, we go through, we've had a long discussion about ICA, mm -hmm. but if you look at other programs, uh, for example, AMP has an accreditation called QP. Those kinds of programs, if we can get those specified with owners or, or with engineering groups, that creates additional opportunities for our contractor base too, because yep. they, they require accredited contractors, which uh, accredited contractors need to have certified inspectors. They need to have trained craft workers. So there's a ton of opportunity that we can create, and that's a large part of what my role is going to be going mm -hmm. forward, is making sure that we're creating opportunities for our membership. Mm -hmm. So if there's a member listening, or really anybody in the industry listening, for that matter, who might want to ask a question about ICA, learn more about it, or participate in that continuous feedback model that you referenced earlier, perhaps they just have questions about broader AMP education and training initiatives. What's the best way they can potentially reach out to you, learn more, or just engage in dialogue with you about anything that might uh, fall under your purview? Um, they can send me an email at dave.evans at amp.org. And that's the easiest way mm -hmm. uh, to get a hold of me. Or they can uh, contact through our website. Too. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
And then as far as ICA specifically, if they want to register or get access to those FAQs, after, as you referenced earlier, frequently asked questions, I'm assuming the best way to do that is just go to www.ampp.org, amp.org, and search for the ICA page, correct? That's going to be the quickest and e easiest path of least resistance. Yep. Yeah, I mean, especially with a redesigned website, really makes it easy. Yeah. Yeah, I've been poking around that the last couple of days because it was literally just updated this week, and it's it's pretty slick. That's a pretty yeah, it's a user big friendly homepage. Yep, big yep. improvement. Yep, and again for our listeners that have not checked that out yet, amp.org, amp.org. I think you will find it a fantastic resource because our team did great work in improving the functionality of that, not just for the new ICA homepage, but everything at amp.org where you can find out information about ICA and beyond. And it's all been done in a way that should be very beneficial to our end users. Dave, thanks so much for taking the time. Enjoy the rest of your day. Ben, thank you very much for having me. It's been a true pleasure. Yep. Absolutely glad to do it. All right, thank folks, you. that will do it for today's episode. If you want more information, of course, I mentioned amp.org for the association at large. But for those of us within AMP publications, you can go to codingspermag.com for Codings for Magazine or materialsperformance.com for day-to-day -day coverage of the corrosion control and protective coatings industry. All right, with those plugs complete, we'll adjourn. For Dave Evans, I'm Ben DuBose. Thanks, as always, for listening. And please come back soon for another new AMP podcast.